Okay, let's get started with this year's Parshas Pekudei Shabbos Shkalem Tavshin Ayin Dalid. And we start with a thought from the <coughs> Rama. We know in this week's Parsha, to get things started, the Am Yisrael uh, gathers together and they finish off the Mishkan. Obviously, the entire purpose of the Sefer Shmos is to bring Hashras Hashchina. That is the goal, as we read about in the last few Pesukim of the, of the Parsha. And if you look in Perak Lamites, Pasig Lamid Beis, the Torah tells us, They finished all of the avoda of the Mishkan, and they did, and they did everything that Hashem told them to do. <coughs> Ask the Ramah, shouldn't it be the opposite order? First it says, They finished everything, and they did everything. I should say they did everything, and then they finished. Finishing is a descriptive phrase. You f- do everything, and then you finish everything. And yet, here it says the opposite. It says, Vatechel, they finished everything, and then they did. Why in that order? Says the Rambah, Ha'inyanhu, line four of source number one. Kol mitzvah sha'adam oseh, every mitzvah, every action that a person does, but every mitzvah, av sha'kadosh baruchu ozerlo, even though Hashem helps, and everything we do in life is because Hashem helps, Nechsheves al shmo ulezechuso. Hashem gives us the credit. Ki'ilu hu atzmo hayaoses kala mitzvah. Even though we can't do anything without a Kaddish Baruch Hu's help, Hashem gives us the credit as if we did it all. It was us. Hashem's like, okay. Ve'isa b'medrash. And the Medrash explains this. We'll get back to this, but a little bit later. They had difficulty with building the Kalim and bringing, and they didn't know what to do. So they did what they could, but the Torah wants to emphasize to us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the credit. And this applies to everything in life. But what does it mean here? What is Vatechal? It was finished. It doesn't say Vayachulu. It was finished. The avoda was finished by itself, so to speak. But what does then the Torah say and describe it as? Vayasu bnei Yisrael, bnei Yisrael did it. Hashem gives us credit. What's the kichol? It's like a kaf hadimion. It's as if, as if they did everything. They didn't really do everything. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the credit as if we do everything. So that's the, how we start off tonight. And that is so many times in life, we can't do it ourselves. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that helps us. Everything in life we do. Little and big, HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps us. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the credit. We just have to take the first step. We do what we can do. And after that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does the rest and considers it as if we, as if we, uh, as if we did it. Okay. So now let's get back to the beginning of the Parsha. Tonight's Shia will be, uh, a number of the thoughts will be based on Midrashim and then messages. There are many wonderful, every Parsha has wonderful Midrashim, but this week's Parsha here at the end of Shmos, the last Parsha, the Shabbos of Chazak, Chazak, <coughs> a number of Midrashim that we have the privilege of talking about tonight. So we start off with the Medrash that's quoted here in the Drashva Ha'iyun, in source number two. The Medrash says, on the first, second line of the source, the Pasuk says, let's actually first read the Pasuk. The Pasuk says at the beginning of Parshish Pekudei, 
Ele fakude hamishkan mishkan oedus. This is the numbering, the reckoning of the mishkan. This is going to list off all of the raw materials. Asher pukat alpi Moshe that was counted by Moshe. Avodas halviim. The Avodah Leviyim, Biyari Samar Ben Aaron Kohen, and the whole uh, parsha, as we know, is a listing. We discussed a number of years ago, Rabbi Nabachai on this pasuk, who discusses that this pasuk is an allusion to the two Batei Migdash, for ten, for the gematria of certain words in the pasuk, four ten, four twenty. Later on, is Shiloh three sixty nine. All hinted to with this pasuk. Feel free to look back at that, Rabbi Nabachai. But there's another message that the Medrash tells us on the on the pasuk. The pasuk says Hamishkan twice in a row. Says the Medrash <coughs> on the third line, Hamishkan Mishkan, Shenismashkain, Shtepamim, Ba'avonosayan Shal Yisrael. Something was taken as a mashkon, as a collateral, because of our sins. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took a mashkon. He couldn't take us, he had Bachmanis on us, so he took a mashkon because of our sins. That's the illusion of Hamishkan Mishkan. He took a mashkon. Chazal tell us that the base Hamikdash was a mashkon. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, instead of taking his wrath out on us, he took his wrath out on the eitzim va'avanim, on the sticks and the stones, and in Rachmanus on us. That's Hamishkan and Mishkan. He took a mashkon. He took the base Hamikdash. In other words, an allusion to the korban. Those two words. Next word, Edus. Edus he shashchina shorah Yisrael. Edus, testimony that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashras HaShchina, amongst Klal Yisrael. So in the Pasuk, we have an allusion to Chorban Abayis, the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, and right afterwards, Edus, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's testimony that he resides amongst us. Ask the Drash V'ha'iyan, as many of you might be thinking. Similar to the first question, isn't the order the opposite? Shouldn't it be the opposite? What does the Pasuk say? First we allude to the Churban, the destruction, and then we allude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, the Edus Yisrael, like the menorah, the Edus, the light. So we the opposite. First is Edus. First HaKadosh Baruch Hu resides in the Beis HaMikdash. He is in Hashras HaShchina. And then afterwards, there happens to be a Churban Abayis. Chronologically, that's what should be. And yet that's not what the Medrash says. It's the opposite. First the Medrash says, the Pasuk talks to us about the Churban Abayis, the destruction, and only after that, the Edus, the Yesh Lahavin, <coughs> on line 5. The Lafize ain't Seder ho inyanim uchuvan The order is not correct. Shemitrila mirames hakasuf, shaasin habayis lecharev. First, the Pasik alludes to us that the Beis Hamidash will be destroyed. Ule his mashkain ba'avonosayan she Yisrael. And it will be taken as a mashkon from Kla Yisrael. It was already forced, obviously we have Bechir Chavshis, but they already knew. David HaMelech knew, Shlomo HaMelech knew when he built the base of Megdash, it was not going to be eternal, and that's why he built the secret secret room underneath the Kodesh Kodashim to put the Aron in. So they knew, but it's alluded to in this Pasuk. But why first the Churban, V'yachar G'achremes Shu Edus, Shashchina Shor B'Yisrael? No! Im Nechra V'Abayis, once we had the Churban, there was no more Edus. Edus comes first, when all the Nisim took place in the Mishkan every day, as described in the Mishnah in Perkei Avos. That's Edus! And after that, you have the Chorban. So why is the order switched? First, be Marames to the Edus of the Shechina, and then the Chorban. Says the Hadrash no, it's very Meduyak. It's very exact. The order is first the Chorban, 
and then the Eidos. Why? Let's explain it. When the Beis Hamikdash, when the Mishkan, when any of the houses of God were built, a gorgeous palace, unbelievable, the most beautiful building in the world. People just saw it and were awestruck. They couldn't take their eyes off of it. And the Hashem came, and then it was beautiful, all the Kalim. Hashem Yisbarach Balishkon Besocho. The Hishra Shechina Sobo. And Hashem was Mashra Hishchina. Hinei, says the Drashva Ha'iyun, says the Drashva Ha'iyun, Bivadai, why did Hashem build this house? Did he really need a house? Bivadai Loasazos, Ki Matzah Chafetz Babayis Hane'edar. It's not that Hashem needed a house. It's not that he was interested in a place to live. He liked the community on earth. The Alkain Eva Osolamoshavlo. And that's why he desired a place. Obviously, Hashem's presence fills the world. Right? What does it mean that he needs a house? Obviously, Hashem didn't build this because he, he needed the house. Like the Pazak says in Yeshayo, Hashamayim Kisiv, Haaret Hadom Raglai, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my is my footstool. So why did he build the house? We know because he loves us and he wants to be close to us. And he wants to give us a place to be inspired. As many Rishonim say, it's for us. It's not for him, capital H. Kodesh Baruch doesn't need the Mishkan. Kodesh Baruch doesn't need the Mikdash. No, we need it. And he creates a place that we can go to be inspired. Zerah Avram Avosher, Bachar Bo, Umatzaz Levavo Nemelefanav. But what would an outsider say? What would one of the Umos Ha'olam, God's, why is there every other temple in the world for every other religion? Why? Because the God, so to speak, needs a house. Ulam Haroma Omdim Bachutz, Someone looking in on the outside, seeing the most unbelievable temple in the world, can mistakenly think that our God needs a house. That our God's purpose in building the Mishkan was not because he loves us, but because he's interested in having a place to live, so to speak. Not because of his love for us. What I love this house. It's so beautiful and gorgeous. You see my house? This is amazing. It's beautiful. So which is it? How does one prove that the house is built not for God, not because Hashem loves this palace, but because He loves who the inhabitants of the palace? How is that proven? We'll get to that in a minute. But first he quotes from the Divrei Shol. Divrei Shol is Rav Yosef Shol Nathanson, the author of the Shol Lameshim. He quotes, that's why, amazingly, when we read the Psukim in Malachim, when Shlomo HaMelech was Mechanech Lebeis HaMikdash, it said there was a tremendous fog that descended in Arafel. Why was there a fog? On this day of, of Chanukah HaBeis HaMikdash, it should be sunny, gorgeous. No, that's the point. Don't think that I'm interested in the beauty of this house. That's not why we're having a Chanukah space Hamigdash. Hashem hid it in the fog, in the darkness. 
They couldn't see anything. To make sure nobody thinks that I'm so interested in the I'm so interested in the physical beauty of the house. I built it beautiful, so you'll be inspired. Hakadosh Baruch Hu would tell us, but I am not interested. No, so nobody should think that. That's why he was machshich. He made it so dark and so gloomy because it's only covering up the physical beauty. And the reason that I love this is because the people that are there, they're the ones that shine. They're the ones that I'm interested in. If this is true then, back to our problem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to or chooses to perform an action that will prove to the world why he built this house. Is it because he's interested in the house or is it because he's interested in Am Yisrael and his love? There's only one way. You know, when we really and all the world understood HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love for us, ironically, even though it doesn't look that way on the surface, but ironically, when was HaKadosh Baruch, Hu love, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love most manifest? B'Shas Chur Ben When the whole, all the nations of the world realized that we sinned and we did something wrong and we are being affected, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending us into Galus, God doesn't punish us. He punishes the house. But don't you love the house? Obviously, it's not the house. The fact that a Kaddish Baruch Hu takes it out, like Tosas quotes the Tainus, the Medrash, Kaddish Baruch Hu took it out on Eitzim Vavonim, on the wood and the stones, and not, they didn't do anything. We did something. And yet a Kaddish Baruch Hu took it out on them because he loves us. So ironically, Dafka, at the moment of destruction, that's where you see God's love most manifest. Line 30. When is it clear to all the real true reason? The reason that Hashem commanded us to build a house for him. Dafka at the moment of destruction. That Hashem is leaving. And Hashem was moes in us because we were, <coughs> because we were moes in him. At that moment, while we deserved it, he was here. The second that we don't deserve it anymore, he destroys the house and sends us into Gullus. Obviously, it's the relationship with us that is being affected. It's not the house. If you would love the house, you would have just sent us away and stayed in the house. He's not interested in that. And that's why now, turning the page, we understand the order of the Medrash. The Medrash says, Mishkan Edus, Mishkan. First, that's the word that alludes to the Churban Abayas. Hashem took a mashkon. Hashem took the collateral. And right after that, Edus. That's Edus, Hashem loves us. Shouldn't it be the opposite order? While we had a Beis Amigdash, there was Edus? The answer is no. Dafka Bishasa Churban, that's when the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so clearly manifest <coughs> to all the nations of the world. Okay. Moving right along. Again, as I said, almost every thought tonight will be medrash and message. Next medrash. This quote and quoted by the Be'er Yosef or of Yosef Misalant. Yosef Misalant, source number four. Says the Be'er Yosef. Elif Mishkan. First we read the medrash. This is a medrash he paraphrases. It's discussed by various mefarshim. Why was this cheshbon made? 
Why did Moshe Rabbeinu again have to go through every raw material, how much gold and silver and copper and, and every little material? HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisbarach Shmo Ma'amino. Hashem, Hashem, he didn't do it for God. Hashem trusts him. Shenemar lo ke navdi Moshe b'chol beisi ne'eman hu. He is a ne'eman, which Brother Shem will talk about uh, again soon. V'lama amar lahem Moshe bov and na'asok b'mishkam and achshov l'fnechem. Why did he do that? Ella, says the Medrash, Shama Moshe leitzone hador midabrim acharav. Moshe heard the scoffers of the generation talking behind his back. A lot of times, leaders know what's going on even though they don't let on that they know what's going on. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu heard, heard the murmurings of the people. Shenamar, as the Chazal quote, Kavo Moshe Ha'o The Pasuk says they looked after Moshe a couple weeks ago in the Parsha. What do you mean they looked after Moshe? Chazal Darshan. They were looking after Moshe. This, with a disdain. Umaha Yomrim, different days. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Chama Amar, Hayomim Chame Kadal, Debir Yid Amram. Look how thick his neck is. Look how big his pockets are. Meaning, Moshe. Moshe, you got, uh, where do you make the, this, uh, the, this latest money? Moshe, you take some off the top? Moshe, you, the collection? The Chavero Amrlo, Adam Sheshalat Amalechas Amishkan. It's very hard, Moshe. We understand that you might have like pocketed a little bit. You're dealing with so much money. Moshe heard this. He says, Ah. I'll give you a cheshbon for every socket, every bolt, every single thing is accounted for. This is the pekudim. Moshe Rabbeinu did it to make sure nobody has any thoughts, any cheshad of what he did. The Medrash even continues, other Mepharsha talk about, there was a certain amount that he couldn't remember where it was, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him special divine divine vision to realize that was for certain sockets that nobody accounted for. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. Asks the Be'er Yosef, how could they? Well, two questions. That's the second one. The first question is, why Dafka now? Why Dafka now did they suspect Moshe Rabbeinu? For sure, those who are scoffing Moshe, obviously they are, they are the lowly and they are not from the greatest believers. Ukemosha, Kino, something like the Medrash calls them, the late Sani Ador, the scoffers. The Chalzos, Sarich Lamar, still, Shahal, you have to say, Shatoylam, Ezetam, Benimuk, Lachshod, Bemosha, Lachdir, Ezelachir, Meschashtam, Aidei, Leitzanusam. There has to be something that just happened to make sure, to make them, to motivate them to come up with this now. Meaning at every time in history that we know people argued with Moshe Rabbeinu and complained, there was something that motivated it, right? When, when Aaron HaKohen or when certain Nesim were appointed, that made Korach upset. There was usually a reason at a certain time to complain. So why Dafka now did they suspect Moshe? Okay, you could say they had all this Nedavas, all of the voluntary givings of the Mishkan. But Tentabar Yosef did something deeper. Ki mevanda lo yisapur lo no chazal me'anashem pochzem b'reikim. 
the Chazal <coughs> won't just tell us a story about some lowly people that don't have any basis in truth. So there must be a reason, there must be a message here. So, he gives a historical insight. He says, Ulam line 12, Yadua, and he's got two halves to his thought. This is the first half. Yadua. She Yisrael mashirim. We know Chazal tell us when the Jews left Egypt, they were all very rich. They had plenty of money. Like the Gemara says in Brachas, There was not one Jew that didn't have with him Tishim, Chamorim, Luvim, Tunim, Mikasa, Bazava, Shabbat They each had 90 cam- uh, donkeys worth. They had tons and tons of gold and silver. Remember, they, the, the, the Egyptians gave it all to them. Parenthetically, this is one of the, the Meshachachla quotes this in Parsha's bow as one of the reasons there's a mitzvah Petr Chamor. Right? Out of all the non kosher animals. Why Dafka? A donkey? Because of the donkeys that helped them when they left, when they left Mitzrayim. Gamamru! And not only from Egypt. What did Chazal say? Gedola bizas hayam, bizas Mitzrayim. The gold and the silver that washed up on the shore after Kriyas Yamsuf, that made Mitzrayim look like nothing. There was so much. There was so much biza. But they all noticed that Moshe didn't take a thing. Moshe! Lo wakach, lo mi bizas Mitzrayim, lo mi bizas hayam. Right, what does Chazal say? All he had with him was the Atzmos Yosef. Nothing else. That's all he was busy with. He was busy with a mitzvah. So Moshe was not rich. He was the only one. He didn't need it. He, he was living on spiritual food. But Moshe was not rich. And they all had. When did Moshe become rich according to Chazal? Chazal say when he came down after the 40 days. They say his face was shining. His face was shining, and he was nisasher. That's the lashon of Chazal. He became rich through what? So Chazal say whatever that means, the psoles of the luchos. When he made the luchos, and he had to chisel a little bit, or when HaKadosh Baruch Hu chiseled out, there were some remains of the luchos, so that was worth a lot of money. Whatever that means. But he was nisasher at that moment. The experience of being with HaKadosh Baruch Hu for 40 days and 40 nights, there's nothing like it. You have everything you need. You have Hashirus. Like the Gemara says, Mipsolosha Luchos Hasher Moshe, different Deos from what? But it was that experience. Says the Bear Yosef. So what happens here? After the Luchos, all of a sudden they see Moshe come, right? Tell them to make the Mishkan. And they come within the doves, and all of a sudden, Nisasha Moshe. They don't know that it's Dafka from the Psolos of the Luchos. They just know that Moshe was with Akadish Barahu. He gets all of this. Money, gold and silver, and all of a sudden he becomes rich. That's why the scoffers say it. And that's why Moshe felt the need to prove it. Because maybe there was some type of basis. You don't know, you don't understand where this came from. Where he says, Minayimo line 21, Ha'ashiris, Bepeta Pitom, where'd it come from? Vaz Matsulem Alit Sanim Matsam Lachshodbo. That's why the late Sanim said it. It must be from the Nidvas Hamishkan. And what's the raya? Because before this he wasn't rich. When he didn't get anything in the interim, they didn't realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made him rich. And that's why they scoffed now. Because only here Moshe never took a thing. And all of a sudden he has plenty. Yeah, because it comes from the experience being with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Part one. Historical note. <laughs> but then in part two, turning over the page, the Bar Yosef says, but you know what we also have to take out of this Medrash? We have to take out of the Medrash 
the power of Leitzanus. The power of a Leitz, which by the way, Chazal say, is the Midah of Amalek. The Midah of Amalek, which, right, Red Chodesh Adar is coming up, which Bezrach will talk about at the end. The Midah of Leitzanus. Let's think about, yes, we just explained the historical context, but what were they saying that Moshe just did? Let's get a little insight into this. Says the Be'er Yosef, now on the next page, in source number five, on the right side. Let me explain what they're being chosheed the Adon Hanavim from doing. The Gemara says in Mesechus and Hedron, Hagonev is a kasva, kanon pogenvo. If somebody steals a cleave from the base of Migdash, let's say somebody goes and steals a spoon from the base of Migdash, a cup, a knife. Somebody steals a spoon. It's chayiv misa. Chayiv misa for stealing. Right? All my usual geneva. Usual geneva is not chayiv misa. Right? But kanon pogenvo. What's so bad? What's so bad about stealing something? Okay, it's pretty bad. But what's so bad about stealing something for the base of Megdash? So he says, let's take it back, a step back for a minute. What's so bad about stealing in general? What's the root of it? So he quotes the Gemara in Baba Kama, which many are familiar with, the Fayin Tess, where the Talmidim of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, the great leader of the Bnei Yisrael at the time of the Churban Bayesheni, he made nine takanos to help us remember the base of Megdash. His Talmidim asked him, Mibnei Torah Bagan of Bagazlan. Why is the Torah more stringent by a Ganav, somebody who steals in secret, than by a Gazlan, somebody who just goes in front of me and grabs something from my hand? Why does a Ganav have to pay double? Right? The Torah is more, more machmir. Ganav has to pay kefel, and a Gazlan doesn't just pay the principal back. Omer Lohen said, Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai, Ze hishvit kavod eved l'kvot kono, ze lo hishvakot eved l'kvot kono. A Gazlan doesn't care about people or about God. Okay, so he's a bad guy, but at least there's equality. He goes over to people in the middle of the street, grabs something, and runs away. Doesn't care about God, doesn't care about people. What about the Ganif? He doesn't care about God, but he does care about people. Right? He won't do it in public. He doesn't want anybody to see it. But obviously, Kodesh Baruch is always watching. That doesn't bother him. That's why a Ganif is worse. Because he lowers God. By a Gazlan, they're both equal. But a ganuf is even worse. Kaviyachol asa ayin shalmata kila ena roe vaozin shalmata kila ena shomas. Right? It says if right the the eye of 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 below and the ear of below doesn't see. That's why a ganuf is worse. Nimsa line fourteen. Sheikar oncho shal ganuf ebnei nizar meayin shalmala. You know what the root problem of geneva is? There's a lack of your shemayin. You don't folk, you don't care about a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Right, I care about people. Right, like the Gemara says in Brachis. It's also Rabbi Yochanan Bezakai. Just clicked. Also Rabbi Yochanan Bezakai. The Gemara says in Brachos that Rabbi Yochanan Bezakai tells his Talmidim. It's Mamish, the, the, the two are definitely connected. They, on his deathbed, they say, Rebbe, give us a Musa, give us a message. He says, you should fear God as much as you fear people. That's his message. And they say, that's it? He says, yes, Halavai. Halavai. And the Bali Musar say, you know, the feeling we feel as we're driving and we see the siren behind us and we start davening that it's not for us and our stomach starts going in and get turning in circles and we're like, please, please go past. The year of Afacha that we have at that moment, 
Do we have to have that for Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Halavai Rebbechon Mezakei says, as much as you fear people, you should fear Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So that, that's the message of a Ganav. The problem of a Ganav is that he fears people, doesn't fear God. It says it's the, it's the hierarchy. That's the problem. The Indians are Chomer Biyoser, and now he says, and if you steal a cleave from the base of Migdash, oh, that's even worse. Not only are you denying God's knowledge, but you're denying God's knowledge in his house, in his own house, in the base of Migdash. The Indians are Chomer Biyoser, the Godev Klishares, the base of Migdash, Makom the Iker Hashraz Hashrina. Imagine that. God doesn't see here where his presence is, where the Nisim took place, take place, and that's why there's a Chi of Misa even on such a person. This is all background. But now, says the Ver Yosef, they're talking not only about Geneva, not only about Beis HaMikdash, add one more point. They're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not only that these late sonim are saying that he stole Geneva and that he stole something to do with the base of Migdash, the Mishkan. But we're talking about somebody who was just on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Panim al Panim. More than that, for 120 days and 120 nights. Because this is already after Yom Kippur. Right? 40 days the first Luchos. 40 days to get forgiveness. 40 days the second Luchos. Coming down on Yom Kippur. <coughs> and then doing the Mishkan. Line to the left side. Vine Lachshor B'Moshe Rabbeinu Shadibir Hashem Panim Al Panim, saying that he was Nisasher from the Geneva. Harizedavar Pichshach Shad Rako Kol Kach Min Akatze El Akatze Chas V'Shalom B'Chol Beisi Nemanu, and yet they still suspected. This is the Koach of Leitzanus. This is the Koach of scoffing. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. The greatest leader of, in the history of the world. And yet Moshe Rabbeinu had his issues too. Moshe Rabbeinu even had those in his surroundings, like Korach, like those, but he says that's the poison. Now skipping down to the bottom. To scoff the righteous ones, to try to bring down the tzaddikim in front of the eyes of the public. That's the power of a late, that's the power of a malik. A malik taking something amazing like the makos and kriyas yamsev and saying it was nothing. Right, it was nothing. Taking a tzaddik and lowering him. <coughs> that's what this, that's what, that's what the late, late sonas did. And we have to protect ourselves from partaking of it and also even listening to it. And just to end off the thought, it's, a, it's an amazing ha'ara from Rav Meir Shapiro, quoted in the next source, in source number two. Right, he quotes the, also the same medrash that they suspected Moshe Rabbeinu, and they figured out it was from the Vavei Ha'amudim, and Moshe Rabbeinu obviously was all clear. So he just says, line seven, Me'anyein, isn't it interesting? An amazing Two events to contrast to each other. A few weeks ago, we read the Chet Egel. Nasnu es kol B'nei Yisrael, the men, gave their gold, and so they threw it. Gold, silver, necklaces, jewelry, everything. Everything, all of Klai Yisrael. And what came out? One golden calf. Anybody there wonder what happened to their money? Anybody there complain? 
Anybody there wonder that maybe, you know, we threw in more, we're missing something? They gave all of their money away. They got <coughs> one egg and nobody wondered what was going on. Here they gave a half of a shekel. Everybody gave a little bit, a little. Machzis a shekel. They got an unbelievable mishkan structure with kalim and mizbeach and minoran. Unbelievable. Moshe, are you sure that that everything is uh, accounted for? You sure that everything is ya yosher and, and, and straight? It's all in one's perspective. You give away all your money and not be focused on, you know, on the uh, every tiny little detail. When they give to an egel, it's all marutze. All of a sudden we have shilas. All of a sudden we have shilas. Right? Sometimes we can we can spend a lot of money on something and we don't think twice about it. We don't think twice on some anything, some type of you know. We all have our our areas where we like to spend money on, which aren't dvarim shevik dusha. Let's call them. But we don't think twice. All of a sudden, it comes to how much does the safer cost? How much is you know how much you really do? I really need that. I want. I can borrow. You know this that. All of a sudden, it comes to dvarim shevik dusha. We're much more medactic. That's 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 what happened in those days, and we have to get over that. <laughs> we have to not be worried so much. Obviously, we have to be clear and honest. But that's the Hosafa that Ramir Shapiro has to the late sonus of Rabbi Yosef Misalant, the Ver Yosef. <coughs> this is the Koach. This is the Koach. Just one related point also. I never quoted from here, so and it's the last time we can quote from here for a while. Because Revolbi has a safer only on Shmo Bracious, which is uh, out of print a little bit, and Shmos. So I just got it. So uh, the length of Shmos, it only has one page on Pakude. So related thought, if you look in source number seven. Some of the Talmidim put Revolbi Shiurim, the author of the Ali Shur. They put it on Al Seder Achumis, so far, Brashas, only Brashas and Shmos are out. So there also he talks about this Medrash that they complained to Moshe Rabbeinu. But he talks about that and he says, So what is a Ne'eman? Moshe Rabbeinu is called a Ne'eman. Someone was a Ne'eman. What is a Ne'eman? So he also quotes the Medrash, a different Medrash, but also the beginning of the <coughs> Ar Parsha. Isab a Medrash. Anyone who is a ne'eman person, Hashem brings brachos through them. We'll see who in a minute. Misha eno ne'eman, someone who is not ne'eman, will not be cleansed. And he will bring the opposite of brachas onto himself and all those around him. Who is being referred to, says the Medrash, Ish emunos zemoshe. Shehu ne'emanosh l'akadosh baruch He is the ultimate ne'eman. Lokein avdi moshe b'chol beisi ne'emanu. He is a ne'eman. Ish emunos rav brachos, every bracha that B'nai Yisrael achieved. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Makos, Kriyas Yamsuf, throughout the Midbar. Who is the Bishus Moshe Rabbeinu? Right? Even after, as the Gemara Taina says, even after Aaron and Miriam died, the Be'er and the Anan stayed until Moshe died. Right? Once Moshe died, then all three were lost. But Bishus Moshe, they all stayed. Because he's the Naaman. Who's the opposite? 
Korach. Korach is not a Nehman. Shohayalevi, he had a position and he wanted more, and we know what happened to Korach. What does it mean to be a Ne'eman? A Ne'eman is not somebody who's a Lamdan, says Revolbi. It's not someone who's a great Darshan. Somebody can be a great Darshan and a great Lamdan and a great Talmud Chacham, and he's not a Ne'eman. Because what's a Ne'eman? A Nehman is someone who deals with his finances in a crystal clear, yashar, totally see-through way. That's what the that's what we have to be. The first question that we're going to be asked. We all know the Gemara and Shabbos, the six questions. The first one. Before Kabati Itim Torah. Because it's about being a mensch. It's about being a yashar. It's about being straight. Like the Kotzker says, Put the comma. First to be an Adam. First to be a mensch. Even before the Lamdan and the Tamar Chacham. Says Revolbi. Not, not like what is is the Minaga Olam. Anyone who is Osek in Kesef. You know, takes a little bit for himself. Takes a little bit for himself. And then he quotes, I don't know if we've ever done this before, he quotes the Prime Minister of Israel, Levi Eshkol. Right? Previous Prime Minister of Israel. He quotes him. And so if he quotes him, we could quote him. Any shliach of the state of Israel in Chutzlaretz is allowed to take a little bit for themselves. Why? Because otherwise it would be it would be by like muzzling the ox in the threshing field. You know, you can't muzzle them. Come on, they're going to be involved in money. You've got to, got to give them a little bit. You've got to let them fly business a little bit. You know, it costs a little more, but that's not, that's not what we believe. That's Parshas Pekude. Parshas Pekude, which is Moshe's reckoning, the ultimate Ne'eman, teaching us to be Ne'emanim. Laharos, how medactic Moshe was. How many thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of smachsis a shekel. You know, and there were no big bills. Right? Imagine dealing with millions of nickels. Right? I mean, it was, it was tedious. It was very tedious. But Moshe did it. Called pruta. He kodesh kadashim. Be yeshivas, he says, in every yeshiva, in every organization, in any Jewish organization, a yeshiva, a shul, a, a chesed organization, how medactic one has to be with the books. That's our Yiddish for the day. To be medactic with every pruta. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. He is the Ne'eman. And that's what he says at the end. Rav Shirotzela Hatzliach, Tsarachlis Rachik Mishnei Dvarim, Kesef the Kavit, a Rav has to stay away. Vimis Rachik Mishnei Dvarim Elu, Vade Shatilo Hatzlacha, Vakoach Ashpa, Ubeligi Shazu, Afilamu Lamdin, O Darshan Atsum, Harehu Lo Yatzliach. He could be the greatest Lamdin and the greatest Darshan, but if somebody has a Yetzahara and a soft spot and he does not does not act properly in Choshen Mishpat, then even his Arachayim is going to be affected. There were Dalet Chalkei Shulchan Arach. 
And each of us have to be subservient and knowledgeable and clean and a servant of God in all four halakim of the Shulchan Aruch. Okay. Now we move towards the end of the parsha. Those were a couple of midrashim towards the beginning. Now we move towards the end. <coughs> we have another medrash that is quoted here in, on the Pasuk, Pasuk that we brought, mentioned before, Perak Lamates, Pasuk Lamet Gimel, I think we started, this was the Pasuk we started off with. They brought the Mishka to Moshe. They brought it. So there are two Midrashim on this Pasuk. Two Midrashim. The first one. Two Pshatim in the Medrash. Let's get to the first one. It's quoted here in the Bad Kodesh by Pavarsky, and then we'll go back in time and see what the Dubna Magad has to say about it. Says the Medrash. In short, right here. O's third line. Oz vahadar lavusha vatishak liomacharon. The Pasik in Mishlei that we say in Ashashayo, Mishlei Paraklamat Aleph. Oz vahadar lavusha. Strength and beauty is her dress. Vatishak liomacharon. And there is schok. And there is happiness and laughter on the Yomacharon. On the day, the day that will come. Maul Yomacharon. What is Yomacharon? Shekol matan scharen shol tzadikim. Misukan lahem laolam haba. The schar of tzadikim is an olam haba. Habe vatishak liyom ha'achron. That's when the schok is going to be. A lot of times the tzadik doesn't have it in this world. But he's going to have it in the... That's vatishak liyom ha'achron. Maisa b'Rabbi Yavo, one of the great Amoraim. There was a story by Rabbi Yavo. Shohayim mistalek bin ha'olam. When he's leaving the world. Vira'a kolatov shemisukan laolam haba. And he was shown... Like various Tanam and Amoram were shown their Chalak. Rabbi Shua ben Levi was shown his Chalak in Gan Eden. There are various Tanam, they're on such a level that the Malach HaMavah says it's time, and they say, Can I please see my Chalak first? And they say, Okay. So a few, a few Tanam and Amoram talk about it. It's unbelievable stories. But we can't, we can't fathom. So he saw it. And Hischel Sameach, he starts being Besimcha. Va'amar Kalilin Diavo? Really? This is all mine? I don't believe it. It's amazing. Ah, this is, this is for me? Ani amarti lorik yagati. Latova hevel kochi kalisi. I thought I was doing it for nothing. I thought I wasn't earning so much. Achein mishpatai et Hashem upulasai et chalki. I realize, wow, amazing. Vatishak lioma acharon. Ad kan divrei hamedrish. Ask all the mafarshi hamedrish. What was he so surprised about? Rabbi Abo said the second parsha of Kriyashma twice a day. Right, he believed in schar Onesh. So this is his schar. He knew he was one of the Gdoli Adar. The Amoran knew. What was he so surprised about? Two ideas. First idea, the idea was made famous by the Chafetz Chaim in a different context. But we'll see what the Bad Kodesh says. Left side. Nira Habir Bazet. Rabbi Avo thought. Shaschar ba'olam haba nitan kefishir hehasegim vehamalos shehisig b'torah mitzvahs b'zeh ha'olam. Rabbi Avo thought that schar was given for all of the achievements that one achieves in this world. What he didn't realize is that the reward is not for the achievements. It's for the effort of those achievements. That's what the schar is for. And even if we don't achieve, and even if we're in the middle of a project, and even if we break our heads on a toast and we never understand them, we struggle through a piece of Gemara. 
Even if somebody works hard, he didn't get to the place where he wants to be. He had a malus. He had the hard work, and that's good enough. And that's why he says, Larik Yagati. I thought I was working hard for nothing. I realize the hard work itself. The hard work itself. Like the story is told of the one of the great Kedolim. Maybe it was the stifler. Maybe it was another. He was in a taxi one time, and he starts talking to the taxi driver. The taxi driver says, schmoozing with him, and he says, Rabbi, he says, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a little embarrassed, but let me tell you what. You know, I also try to learn, but, you know, every night I, I go to a, I, I, I'm in the taxi at five in the morning until late at night, and finally at night I, I go diving in the shul and I go to a shir after my event. Every night I fall asleep. Every single night. I fall asleep in the shir. <clears throat> he says, I'm ready to give it up, right? You think it's like, it's terrible. I fall asleep in the shir. Said the stipler, or whichever godol it was, I heard him saying the stipler, he says, you go to your shir. That amelus that you have, you work very hard, you can't help it. That's just like the greatest Rosh Hashiva giving the shear. says, that's your amelus, and that's what you're going to get tzachar for. And you should keep doing it. <coughs> that's what Rabbi Avo was, was shocked in understanding. He says, wow, I didn't understand that I'm going to get the tzachar for the amelus itself. As the Chafetz Chaim, where did he make this famous? On what we say to see him. Anu amelam, we get schar and they get schar. Says the Chafetz Chaim. What does it mean that we get schar and they, I'm sorry, they don't get schar? Vehim enam akablam schar? If you bring your shoes to a shoemaker, the Chafetz Chaim says you get schar, you pay for it. Says the Chafetz Chaim, but if they don't fix your shoes, you don't pay them for their effort. We get schar for the amelus. On amel kablam schar for the amelus. That's the Bad Kodesh. That's what Rabbi Avo couldn't fathom or understand that he gets schar for the amelus itself. One idea on the Medrash. The other idea on the Medrash is said by the Dubna Magid, the Mishla Yaakov, and there are different compilations of the, the Dubna Magid's Mishalim, hence he's called the Dubna Magid. In source number nine, he quotes the same Medrash and says, maybe there was something else that Rabbi Avo did not understand. Maybe there was something else. And he gives the Medrash, he gives the following Mashal, just to say it outside. But it's all here, you have it in, in source number nine. He says there was uh, two relatives in Ani and in Ashir, very close to each other, the Ashir's daughter gets engaged. Wonderful Mazel Tov. There's going to be a big wedding and all the Ashirim are going to be there. It's going to be amazing and wonderful. The Ani relative says, this is going to be amazing. You know what? I'm not going to eat for three days before the wedding because I'm going to get food there that I never get. I want to enjoy it. It's going to be delicious, succulent meat. It's going to be amazing. I'm not going to eat for three days. Okay, so three days before the wedding, he starts not eating, he starts getting hungry, starts getting starving, and it's not the day of the wedding, and his relative still hasn't invited him. And he's like, what's going on? I can't do this much longer. Finally, two, three hours before the wedding, he says, I can't. I can't. So he goes to his table and he takes out his bitter, poor, you know, poverty-filled, goes to the fridge, takes out these onions and and bitter tea, and he eats it, because he has to nourish himself. He has a disgusting taste in his mouth, because that's all he ever eats, and that's it. Kachave, ten minutes later, knock on the door, please, come to the wedding. I'm not really so hungry right now, but I guess I'll come. And he goes to the, goes to the, uh, the wedding, 
they serve the first course, and he puts it in his mouth, and he goes, oh, he still has the bitter, the bitter onion taste, and he has the, the bitter tea, and he can't enjoy anything. First course, second course, and, and they say, and he, sees, he sees everybody else saying, this is the most delicious food I've ever had, this meat, this steak is perfect, um, he sees everybody, but he can't enjoy it. Because of what was in his mouth previously. He couldn't remove the bitterness. The items that were so opposite of what he wanted to enjoy now. So he couldn't enjoy the mamtakim <coughs> and the sweetness. Says the Dubna Magin, the third column, Hanimshal. What's the nimshal? That's all the mashal. What's the nimshal? HaKadosh Baruch who invites us to a, a feast. You know what the feast is? It's delicious. It's Torah. It's mitzvot. It's chesed. It's earning olam haba. There's nothing sweeter as anyone who devotes their life to being an Eved Hashem. Right? There's nothing more fulfilling than feeling good about doing a mitzvah. The only problem is it's only going to be sweet if we don't, if we haven't filled ourselves with items that are anti- values of the Torah. If we filled ourselves with bitterness that has to do with other areas of the world, then we're not going to be able to taste the sweetness of the Torah. We're not going to be able to taste the, the delicious meal that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is preparing for us. We first have to remove all of the negatives, the bitterness, the items in our lives that are against this sweetness. And then we'll be able to enjoy the sweetness. As the Medrash says, Line 36. Before you daven, that Torah should go inside of you. Bakshu, first daven, that all the other nonsense should go out from you. We only have a certain amount of room in our, in our brains, in our neshamas. We have to clean it out. We have to clean it out from what the Medrash calls Divrei Havalim, as Kohelis called them, Hakol Havel, to be able to fill it with Torah and proper perspectives. Says the Dubna Magen, maybe that's what Rabbi Avot didn't fathom. He didn't realize this whole system. He didn't realize that his whole life, that he worked on removing the items that were against all of the sweetness. He didn't realize that then paves the way for the delicious sweetness of appreciating everything that he's going to get in Olam Haba, the Torah, and, and everything related. He says, maybe that's what, it's not Meduik in the language but he, in the, of the Madrash, but he says, maybe that's what he meant by Lorik Yagati, he didn't realize it, but now he realizes the system. So, the Bad Kodesh and the Mishle Yaakov. One final thought on the Parsha, and then we'll just end off with a thought on Parsha Shkal. The Medrash speaks for itself. This is a Tanchuma. The Tanchuma in Pekude, which Rashi quotes part of it. Rashi quotes, Perak Lamites, Pasak Gimel. Rashi quotes half this Medrash, but we're going to see it in full. Source number 10. We're going to see the Medrash in full right here. Source number 10 on top. Says the Medrash. They finished bringing all of the Nadavas. They finished bringing everything, and all of a sudden, Kaisal starts to start to try to build it. Nothing fits. They build it, it falls down. They build it, it falls down. They put something together, it falls down. And they were mitzahir. And they were in pain. They were like, what's going on here? Nothing's working. Line 5. 
Ma'asu halchu lohem esel chachmei lev. They went to the chachamim. They say, Amru lohem. Umatem yoshvin hamidu. Atem is a mishkan. Put it up. They try to put it up. They can't put it up. They try to put it up. They, they go to B'tzalel. B'tzalel, put it up. B'tzalel. He figured out how to make all the kalim. But, but the structure, putting it up, falls down. Putting it up falls down. I don't know what's going on here. They did everything they were supposed to do. Hischilu meisichin umeraninin. Here we go again. Line 10. Bnei Yisrael start complaining again. Ra'u. Ra'u ma'asalanu ben Amram. Shehotzi es mamoneinu b'mishkan hazeh. Ve'ichlis osanu l'kolatara chazeh. You know, this ben Amram, as we mentioned in the past, they would you know, call somebody by their name. You're not being machshiv them. You know, what's going on here? He made us do all this and it's finished. It's like a child. That was the attitude that we had in on. Right? Imagine, like sometimes children, they try to make something, forget it. It's never going to work. Never going to work. I can't do this. Forget Right? It's like childish. Right? A parent comes and says, you just got to do this. Just fix it. You could do it. But it's like an immature attitude of like, forget it. It's never going to work. I'm never going to get it. That's what they were saying. They go to Moshe. They, they don't say, Moshe, please help us. They start screaming at Moshe. Forget it. And Moshe was, was, was ready. But why did Hashem do this? Continues the Medrash. Why did Hashem make it that only Moshe could do it? Moshe made Why? Because Moshe did all of the collecting, but he couldn't give anything. He didn't give anything. He didn't remember, he didn't have anything from before. He didn't have anything from the Biza, which we learned before. So he did everything, but he couldn't give anything. So he was upset. Hashem says, you're going to give. <laughs> you're going to do the Makkah You're going to put it up. Line 17. Amru Moshe Rabbeinu. Kol Masha Marta Lanu Asinu. We did everything you told us to do. V'chol Masha Tzivi Sanu Litenu Lahotzi Nasanu Akol. We did everything. Kol Milacha Lefanecha. Did we, anything missing? Is anything lacking? Anything extra? We did everything. What do you want from us? Hashem says, okay, start and I'll help. And I'll help put it up, but it'll look like you put it up. So you'll get the credit. Kadesha Yedu, where it's underlined, call Yisrael, Shemal Yodcheina Omei Shavina Omei Lolam. You'll do it, because if you don't do it, it's not going to work. But I'm going to say, you do it, and the rest will be history. I'll write that you did it. Adkan Divrei HaMedrash. A lot to talk about relating to this Medrash. <coughs> the Godless of Moshe Rabbeinu. The attitude that we have to have. But just one small thought on the Medrash that is spoken about in the Ostras HaTorah. And that is, so fine, Moshe Rabbeinu had to be the one. So why couldn't Moshe do it by himself? Relates to our first thought of the evening. Why did Hashem have to help Moshe? It was just a, a physical structure. Why couldn't Moshe do it purely with his own Yegiya Kapecha? Says the Osra Satorah. It's the same reason why David HaMelech couldn't build the base HaMikdash. Because if David built the base HaMikdash, what did Chazal say? It would have been eternal. And if it would have been eternal, what would happen when we deserve to be destroyed? As we said before, and Hashem wouldn't be able to take a mashko. Hashem would have to take it out on us. Because David HaMelech, anything he does, that's the Olam Vayed. Moshe Rabbeinu, he couldn't build it by himself. 
because then it would be forever. But so it's better if HaKadosh Baruch Hu builds it. But he says, ironically, yes. The And that's why Moshe couldn't build it, because if Moshe built it, it would have had to last forever. And that's why he couldn't build it, and even Moshe, Moshe had to, had to, it had to be as if Moshe built it, so that he gets some credit, and all the rest of Am Yisrael see that he contributes. But even behind the scenes, Hashem didn't let Moshe do it by himself, just like Dov and Hamelech couldn't do it by himself as well. Okay. Let's just finish the evening with one thought on Shkalim. Actually, two, two, one thought, two, two connected parts. First, start off with an amazing one-liner. If you take anything out of tonight's year, it's going to be this one line from the Sfas Emes. If you remember anything, the Sfas Emes is one line. So we start with Hashem Adar Ben is coming up in a couple of days. Rosh Chodesh Adar coming up. Why does it say Mishenichnas Adar? It should be Mishayagia Adar. When when we reach Adar, Mishayagia Adar. What do you mean Mishenichnas Adar? When Adar enters in. So the Shem and Atovia quotes from the Sasemes. Mishenichnas Adar. When Adar goes inside of us. Mishenichnas Adar. Marbim that's, that's a reboy for Simcha. When Adar goes within us, not Nichnas Adar, it's Yagiyah. When we put Adar, with the message of Adar, into us, then Marbim B'Simcha. That's true Simcha. What's the message of Adar? What's the message of Adar? Mishinichnas Adar. So says the Shem we know Chazal parallel. Mishinichnas Adar Marbim B'Simcha, Mishinichnas Av Mima'atim B'Simcha. What's the parallel? Between Av and Adar. Mishinichnas, Mishinichnas. Even though the Shulchan Aruch only quotes Mishinichnas Av. But what's the parallel? Explains the Shem and Atov, it's the same idea. Both have to do with a yearning for the Beis HaMikdash. Rosh Chodesh Adar starts with Parsha Shkalim. That's either Rosh Chodesh or the Shabbos before. What's Shkalim about? We daven and we read about giving the Maxas Shekel, how every Jew contributes to the Beis HaMikdash, to the carbon of Sibor. Why are we doing that? Because we're yearning for it. We wish we could do it. The secret of Adar, as we have the two Chod HaGeula, the two months of redemption of Permit Pesach. What are we supposed to be thinking about? About Geula. We're supposed to be thinking about and yearning for Fulfilling Tzipisal Yeshua. The other question that's asked in the Gemara Masech Shabbos. That's Shkalim and obviously that's Mishinech Av. Thinking about the Beis HaMikdash. Thinking about what we need, what we want in two different ways. In Av it's a way of mourning and in Adar it's in a way of celebrating. Celebrating past redemptions and therefore davening for future redemptions. One's Besimcha, one's Ba'atzvus, Ba'avelus. But it's the same root idea. Mishenichnas, but we got to put that in ourselves. Mishenichnas, Adar, when Adar goes into ourselves, then we're marbim b'simcha. Then we are marbim, because through this, we could gain simcha. And he talk, continues talking about that as well. We're going to skip the rest of it, but just to end off with a connected thought. Also, relating to Shkalim, that was supposed to yearn for it, but also relating to Pekude. Rav Asher Weiss in Source 14 quotes from Rav Shimshon Mestropolia. The Pasuk in Yishayo says, Perek Nun, Because of your negligence, your mother was sent away. Describing the Chorban. Because of your Pesha, because of your sins, your mother was sent away. 
What does that mean? What does that mean? Explains Rav Shimshon. The Kivan Bazet, the following. When we had a base Hamigdash, Kaviyachol, Kaviyachol, three Kaviyachols, if we could say it. What, what does it mean? We know that the base Hamigdash Shomala. Right? The Gemara says, there's a base Hamigdash Shomata. Who's Makar of Karbanas? The base Hamigdash Shomala. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Makar of Karbanas. A base Hamigdash Shomala. And what is he? He's the Kohen Gadol. So it's as if he wears, obviously not physically, whatever the message is, he wears the big day Kahuna. He wears the big day Kahuna. When there was a Chorban Abayis, Hechrev Abayis, Hishlok Mishamayim there was no more base Hamigdash. Even the base Hamigdash Shomala was affected. Hashem threw off his, his status of being the Kohen Gadol. And he threw off Imchem. He threw the mother. Imchem stands for Avnet Mechnasayim Ktones Mitznefes. The four Begadim of every Kohen Hedil, let alone the Kohen Gadol. The Begadim, the Big Day Kahuna. He threw them all off. Okay, that's what he says. Says of Asherweiss, let me add on. The Gemara says in, in Brachas that there were different Amorahim that had different Tfilos after their Shmona Esrei. Right? A Lokainit Sar comes from some of those Tfilos. The Bracha we say before, the Tfilo before Rosh Chodesh Benching comes from there. But there's another one, Rabbi Yochanan. He's quoted here in the middle. Rabbi Yochanan says, Hashem, we da, he davins, Shetatzitz bevoshtenu, see our busha, vitabit. Biraasenu, CR our evil, Vitisla Besh Barachamecha, Garb yourself in Rahmanis, Vitiskasebuzecha, Tisate Fachad all these different Lashonos, says of Rasha Wise, unbelievable. Each of these four phrases parallel one of the Bagadim that was thrown off by Akadish Barakal Kaviyacho. Each one works out. Tiskasebuz Kiton Tisla Besh Brachamecha. That's the Ketonis, the shirt, because Yilbash, Ksonis Bad Kodesh Yilbash. Tiskase Buzecha, that's the Mechnasayim. Lechasos, the same verb. Tisatef Bechasidu Secha, that's the Mitznefes. Ituf is on the head. The Mitznefes is the hat. Tisazer Bechaninu Secha, that's the Avnet, the Azor, Ozer Yisol Begvura. That's the belt. Rabbi Yochanan David, Hashem, please put your Begadim back on. Please bring us back to the Beis Migdash. That's Parshas Pekudeh. Shkalim. Shkalim is about thinking about the base of Migdash. Pekudeh has the Big Day Kahuna listed. We David HaKadosh Baruch Hu should, give, should put on Kaviyachol again, the Big Day Kahuna. Give us back the Kohen Gadol with his Big Day Kahuna. <coughs> we should be Zoha to a Chazak Chazak, Chodshi Agula. And Ben Hashem, we should be Zoha to be able to not only have the Shirim online, but everybody should be able to be able to be in Yerushalayim together and hearing it live. Ben Hashem, Mehera Ben Yemi.